Välkommen till Women in Business, podcasten som ger dig varje vecka nya avsnitt med spännande, mäktiga kvinnor. Vi träffar kvinnor från runt om i hela världen. Kvinnor som inspirerar, är kreativa och framgångsrika och vi kommer få ta del av deras framgångssaga. De kommer att dela med sig sina bästa tips på hur man lyckas. Men också hur de har tagits vidare från hinder på vägen dit. Du kommer lyssna på starka kvinnor med starka röster. Med den här podcasten vill vi lyfta fram de kvinnor som gör en skillnad. Och de kvinnor som har varandras ryggar. Det här är Women in Business. Welcome to another episode of Women in Business. In today's episode, we met the incredible Elena Emma. She is a professor at European Business School, the school that I'm going to, an amazing school with a lot of good professors. She's teaching, among other subjects, the study of change management. How do humans react to change? What is change to us? She is, most importantly, a woman that seems to have all the answers to life's questions. We sat down with her to discuss depression and how each and one of us are responsible for our own happiness and so much more. She's such an inspiring woman and this episode is one of the best ones so far. Before we jump into the interview, we want to once again thank all of you who keep listening to our episodes each week. It means a lot to us and it's a good motivation for us to keep going. So sit back and enjoy this episode. You come from a background of many things. And uh, one of those things is that you have studied a lot with change and then change management. And you also call yourself a change agent. (laughs) Uh, So first of all, can you describe the definition of change? What does it mean? Life. That's all it means. There's nothing more to it. You just have to accept it and go forward with it. That's my definition of change. And how do how do humans react to change? They don't like it. Uh, we can go into theory of uh, grief theory is usually the one that's used the most. Kubler-Ross theory of how they go through shock and denial and then scale back or slide back, I should say, through a whole bunch of emotions into uh, depression and then they start climbing out of it slowly by accepting the fact that maybe we can move on and then find meaning and then go forward. But that's a theoretical way. Um, It depends on the type of change. It depends on the quality of change. It depends on the outcomes Mm. of change. It depends on how personal this change to you versus, oh, it's just an organization where I work. Um, It depends if you have a lot at stake just part of life if it's a very personal um, change that will like really change your life in a big way how would you say that we react to it it depends on a person uh, it's not how we react to it we all react to it the same in the same pattern the intensity of that par- pattern and the length of that pattern and how many times we're going to go in circle in that pattern Mm -hmm. depends on every individual 
Some people like big changes. Uh, depends on our human needs, how significant we need to feel, how certain we need to feel. And if the change does not involve any significance or certainty, they're not going to like it. It's going to take them longer to adapt to it. If uh, it's somebody whose uh, human need is primarily variety, uh, they're going to love it. But if their primary human need is connection with other people, and they, let's say, move from one place to another, and they're alone, they're really going to find it hard. Mm -hmm. So it all depends. On the person. On the person, on the situation, mm -hmm. on uh, um, where they're coming from, mm -hmm. um, how much they wanted it. How much you can control it as well. If you mm -hmm. can't really control the situation, it's very difficult. I have a secret for you. You can't control any situation. <laughs> Some we think we can, <laughs> but true. none we can. Yeah. Some of them just appear like I'm in a little bit less of a chaos than in others. Since mm. if I'm in less of a chaos, it means that I have more control. Mm. And it's not necessarily the right sequence. Um, so okay. if you want to go through change, let go of concept, concept that you need to have control to begin with. It might kind of make the journey much easier. For as long as you have control, you're going to have a hard time with change. Yeah. Yeah, we can just try to manage, like, in different directions. You can accept that it's coming, and if you know it's coming ahead of time, this is where the benefit comes in. You can plan for it. Mm -hmm. You're never going to plan 100%, because even if you think you're going to plan 100%, and then you can control it, mm -hmm. it's never true. Uh, you plan as much as you can and then you go and the things that come up, they come up. It's like when you go on a hiking trip and you put together a backpack with all the yeah. things you're going to need and then you end up in the middle of a forest or wherever you went. Mm -hmm. And there is always something that you didn't plan for and you're always missing this one item that you wish you, you, you didn't leave at home yeah. or a situation or whatever or you lose your backpack. That happens too. Mm -hmm. So that you can start from scratch and see, especially if you're much of a planner, if you plan everything... Guess what? You're going to get to that forest and you're going to lose your backpack. Or somebody is going to steal it. Mm -hmm. Or somebody is going to drop it. Or you, it's going to end up on the bottom of a mountain because you're running away from something. Mm -hmm. And then you have to start from scratch because you have to learn not to plan everything. But what is the difference? Because I love to plan things. I love to have, uh -oh. like, <laughs> I love to have like, okay, I want to do this and this and this and this. But what is the difference of planning or like having a goal? Like, what do you, like, because I see, maybe I don't see the plans as plans. I see it as, like, this is what I want to achieve. But maybe I'm planning too much. I don't know. Like, where is the line drawn? I think it's very individual. Uh, you almost sparked me to go into coaching right now and go, well, I don't know. What is the line for you? <laughs> <laughs> but this is a different environment, obviously. Uh, it's very individual. We all have different lines, just like we all have very different definitions. Mm -hmm. In our change management class, one of the first things we talk about is what is your definition of change? And you will be amazed at the number of definitions we have. First of all, the, the, the length of a definition, I mean, mine is one word. Um, for somebody else, it can be a paragraph, um, and not necessarily they can define it. Mm -hmm. uh, mine is one word because I bring change, and I've learned it long, long, long time ago that whenever I show up in somebody's life, including you ladies, yeah. change is coming. Um, I love that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's part of who I am. Mm -hmm. um, 
there's a meditation you can do, which at some point kind of, I'm not going to say changed my life, but really was, you know, interesting to me. Um, and it's a meditation called the white wall. So uh, if you want to define yourself, you put, you imagine a white wall or literally use a white wall and you start writing things on a board. Everything that comes to mind, what defines you? And you keep going through things, 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 mm. things, things, anything, get it all out of the system, right? Put it on a board. And when you're done getting things out of the system, you start wiping them off. Everything that goes like, not exactly. This is not exactly my word. And this is not exactly my word. And so at some point, you're supposed to end up with one word. Mm -hmm. Only one word. And if you can find that one word that defines you, you can apply that word to anything you do in your life. Mm -hmm. doesn't matter what you do. This is for those of us that uh, feel like, oh, I need to find myself or I need to do certain things. No, if you find that one word, you can apply it anywhere. That's such a good advice. If you can't find that word, you haven't dumped everything out of the system yet. What is your word? That's where I was going. My word, my, <laughs> my word why, why does it change? My word is wind. And wind. Yes, and wind is always about change. It's invisible. Mm -hmm. You never see the wind. Mm -hmm. You only see it when something happens. You either feel the freshness. Mm -hmm. So like, oh, you know, it's used to be stuffy. It's very stuffy in this room, right? I would mm -hmm. really appreciate a little bit of wind. Mm -hmm. Or um, when things start moving around, you don't see the wind itself. Change is the same way. You don't see it as itself. You just see it as a, either how you feel about it mm -hmm. or what starts happening in your life. Wind, I mean, it's called the wind of change for a reason, right? Yeah. Um, mm. So my word is wind, and I've learned that I bring change, and before I didn't tell people about it, and now I've learned to warn them so that maybe they can at least be aware of it or mm. prepared for it. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's life. To other people, it's different things. Mm. Somebody changes goal. They only change when they have a goal. Yeah. And how come you found this interest in like change and change management? Was it something that changed in your life that made you like wanted to work with this in the future? It found me. Um, it's not the change management per se. Change, I guess, has been always part of it. For a while, I've been denying it. There was a certain environment, right? I was leading a certain mm -hmm. lifestyle called American Dream. We had a mm -hmm. house, we had family, we had, you know, we didn't have a dog, but mm -hmm. I, or like we had two boys, no, not the you know boy and girl, whatever it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. But it was the concept of an American Dream, mm -hmm. and I had a feeling that I was living somebody else's life for a very long time. And fast forward quite a few years and a lot of things in between. At some point, I decided to change it. How did you find that courage? Uh, I had a very bad situation in my life. Um, I had an abortion that didn't. I had a. I was pregnant with a child, and it was a second child. It was supposed to. We had. We were going through some issues with my ex-husband. The ex-husband now he was a husband then, and yeah. we spent another eight years after that. So, long time ago, and uh, I was supposed to uh, carry the child and everything else, and everything was fine. And five months in, they found out that. Uh, the child, I went for an ultrasound and the child didn't have anything but the heart, not a single organ developed. Mm -hmm. And because it was a genetic accident. And mm -hmm. so they had to, for me, it was, I was 24 at that time. And um, it was one of those experiences where once you get out of it, I mean, they had to do an abortion. They did it twice because the first time they couldn't get it out. It was a very mm -hmm. interesting experience. I call it interesting now because I've let go of it. Obviously, mm -hmm. as you can understand, 
just so you understand, it took me about eight to nine years to let go of food. Mm-hmm. It served its purpose because it pushed me to where I am today. Mm-hmm. And this was the point when I said, if I want to change my life, obviously there's a message somewhere here because this doesn't happen for no reason. And if there was a message, what is the message? And mm-hmm. I've realized that the concept of me living somebody else's life, it's almost like I believe in God. And so it's almost like God hit me against the wall so I can stop. Because I'm one of those people that keep going, going, going. It's really hard to stop me. Mm-hmm. Not only because of the goal, but because I have enough resilience in me that I just keep going. Mm-hmm. And this was, I guess, way from above to stop me and mm-hmm. hit my head against the wall really hard so I can start changing things. I was 24. I'm 34 now, turning 35 next month. And so it's ever since that point, it's been 10 years in the making. This is the end of this curve. Yeah. This is the integrating part. Exactly. Probably with the, me telling the story, it's the integrating part of this mm-hmm. curve. But that's how change found me. And so everything else in between was a process of me making that decision 10 years ago. And uh, so let's talk about depression. Because I think no matter what age or situation that you are in your life, all of us have gone through like some kind of experience of depression. Um, either it's small or big, it doesn't matter, like everyone has been through something. And what are the most common signs of depression? It's when the person doesn't have a spark in their eyes. You know, you look at the person and he looks dead. Mm-hmm. To me, that's a sign of depression. I'm not a psychotherapist. I don't have that background. Mm-hmm. I have done a lot of different things as a training yeah. and everything, but I don't have that official title mm-hmm. on me, so I'm not going to go into medical reasons for it. Um, but it's the person who is dead inside. Mm-hmm. Depression is the person who is dead inside. Because mm-hmm. for as long as you feel pain, you're still alive. Mm-hmm. You're kicking. You're s- scraping. You're going through something. Mm-hmm. And pain always, once you heal it, I mean, don't keep scratching it, right? I mean, I'm not talking about self-digging. But even at that point, sometimes we do self-digging because we still Mm -hmm. feel alive. That's what we do to feel alive. Mm -hmm. We just need to step away from it, find a different way Mm -hmm. of feeling alive. But depression is when you don't feel alive anymore. You go through emotions without understanding what's going on. And how would you say that, like, you can deal with depression? Face the pain that got you there. But depression is like, think of it as as a... uh, hole right you fall mm-hmm. into a hole to climb out you have to either go back or you have to go forward mm-hmm. sitting there is very comfortable mm-hmm. because nobody knows me nobody can bother me nobody can ask me questions mm-hmm. nobody can go through i don't have to go through all these emotions i felt there it's almost like it's not my life i'm hiding it's mm-hmm. a hideaway it's a real state but it's a state of a hideaway we all need it sometimes and that's why we all go through it how long of it do we need and what do we do and how do we resolve it? It's very individual. The way out is always through some kind of pain. It's either the pain of looking back and feeling whatever you were supposed to feel to release it or going through a pain of growth going forward. Because growth is never pretty. And how would you say that you go forward? Like, what is the first step of if you are sitting there in the comfortable zone of... Get up. We're sitting in the room right now. The door is mm-hmm. closed. How are you planning to get out of the room? Open the door. Mm-hmm. You can't open the door. You're sitting behind the table. When you get up, you're not going to reach to the door. What do you need to do? 
could take the handle. <laughs> well, if you're sitting right here and the handle <laughs> is right there, you can't reach <laughs> there. So what do you need to do? So take you the first take a step there. And if you take one step in this specific environment, it's not going to get you far enough. Mm -hmm. So you take another step and then you need to take another step and then you remove the obstacles because let's say the chair would be sitting right here, mm -hmm. standing right here. You can't get across. So what? You have two options. You can either move the chair or climb over it but get rid of the chair or you can go back into where you were sitting and say, I will never get out of this room. Mm -hmm. There is a big chance that when you get to the door and you're ready to get out, the door is closed. So then you also have two options. You can either go back to the chair mm -hmm. or you can start searching for other alternatives of help. Some of them maybe just breaking through the doors literally, maybe yelling for help, maybe doing something. This is what you do in depression. Depression mm -hmm. is when you keep sitting and saying, oh, you know, I'm just here. Mm -hmm. And if you have a friend that is going through something like this, what would you say is the best like things to support or to help? that person get up of the chair unfortunately and this may sound very cruel there's nothing you can do mm -hmm. not until they want to get up you need to let that person because if i push you up i mean you can help to get them up mm -hmm. and maybe kind of shake them off a little bit and sometimes you know go a little bit i'm not gonna say smash them again but you know something mm -hmm. like shake yeah. them up like for yeah. real and just but unfortunately, if they're really in big depression, mm -hmm. it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Not until something happens to them internally and they make their own decision to get up. And until, but, but when they make that decision, they own that decision. And so from that point on, they're walking alone. You can support them, you can be by their side, you can help them, but no longer you have to explain to them that they need to get up. And it's a very sad reality when you have somebody next to you that's going through depression mm -hmm. and when you truly see how it's affecting them and when you truly see how it's working and unfortunately especially if they're really relying on you one of the hardest thing to do is to leave them alone in the room mm -hmm. depression is death and rebirth mm -hmm. because if you're going back that's kind of figuring out the past life that you've had right mm -hmm. if you're going forward it's getting ready for new life you have to do it alone. Once you get out of it and you come out as a new person, how do you say, like, are there some tools to make the best version of yourself? You don't come out as a new person. It's a trick. We always think, oh, I'm going to come out as a new person. No, you're going to come out yourself, just the way you were. <laughs> you're just going to come out. It's true. But are you going to come out as the person you were before That's the depression? That's your choice. You come out of depression. If you want to come out as a new person, do something to be a new person mm -hmm. in comparison to the, who you were. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be a new person, don't be a new person. Maybe it works for you. Maybe mm -hmm. it, you just got there for a completely different reason. Situation. Mm -hmm. Don't tie yourself to be new all the time. Newness gets uh, has a problem with it, and it's because it gets old. Mm. everything new gets old at some point so for as long as we strive for something new we're, it's gonna, we're gonna keep rotating and changing and changing and changing and changing try some other excitement try to do it not for newness but for a deeper experience mm. it's not new experience it's deeper experience this is the difference between staying in a committed relationship for a long time versus go through dating periods all the time because mm. it's the sense of newness I'm gonna come off as a new person I'm gonna be a new person I'm gonna be a new person 
you know, I'm in a dating stage right now and I'm not interested in being a new person. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in seeing deeper sides of me, deeper personality traits, right? It's not that I want to be new Elena. I want to be mm-hmm. Elena on the next level. Mm-hmm. Elena on the next level is just a different concept. I'm not going to be new. I'm going to take everything that happened before and build on it and something I'm going to let go and something, you know, keep building mm-hmm. foundation or whatever I'm building. Mm-hmm. That's a choice too. I can really relate because I'm, I know that me and Natalie, for example, you know, every summer you're like, okay, this is the person that I'm going to be this summer and I'm going to do this with my hair and then I'm going to talk like this to whoever and then the fall comes and we say, okay, now I'm going to be this person, I'm going to be a focused person and yeah, I can really agree that maybe that is like losing a little bit of the original you. So how do you stay the per- like the original person that you are, but enhancing the good qualities that you have? It's a decision you have to make. Do I want to keep playing? Do I want to be different people? Or do I want to just be myself and try on new costumes? It's like dress. Do mm-hmm. I want to be different women? Or do I want to be myself in different dresses? Because the moment I change my dress, doesn't matter how much makeup I put, if it's a evening makeup versus regular makeup, or if I change the color or whatever, I'm staying myself. I haven't changed myself. I just changed the dress and the way I look. And I personally choose not to do it too much because uh, my life has so many changes that I keep joking that the color of my hair is the only constant I have. <laughs> but that's a choice too. Can I change it? Probably. I just don't want to. I like it. Yeah. Or dresses or that stuff, right? I like to keep certain things certain mm-hmm. others find certain uncertainty or variety in being other people trying all these things the issue with that is that you can lose yourself there's nothing wrong with trying on different roles but that's like dresses mm-hmm. for as long as you know what my identity is and who i am and everything else is a role i play i play a role of a student i play a role of a podcast interviewer mm-hmm. i play a role of a professor i play a role of a mother uh, i play a role of a friend I play mm-hmm. a role of a fiancé, it's a role. Mm-hmm. Um, I play a role of a woman, it's a role too. Mm-hmm. I was going to say I play a role of a human, I don't know, that's a question. Mm-hmm. Possibly I play a role of a human as well. It's a role. Some I choose to play longer than others. Some I choose to keep. But as long as you identify that you are not the role, when you eat an apple, you're not the apple. But apple becomes part of you when you eat it, no? It's the same concept. But how do you find the, your identity? Like, how do you find that core of yourself? Let's say we try on so many dresses, but... Stop trying dresses. Go naked for a while. Mm. We all try on dresses because... Why do we do it in fashion world? Because as a society, we don't accept mm. nakedness that much. Mm-hmm. Different societies more than others. Mm-hmm. Uh, welcome to Barcelona Beach. <laughs> <laughs> Coming from the United States, welcome to Barcelona Beach. My kids uh, were a little mesmerized uh, in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Then they got used to it and they're not even looking anymore. Um, but as a society, we are not very accepting of nakedness. Uh, emotional nakedness mm-hmm. or personal nakedness or physical nakedness, right? Mm-hmm. So why do we need dresses? We need to cover up. Most of the time, I mean, we need dresses to cover up so we're not cold. That's different. Mm. So we can withstand the environment a little bit better. But we don't need fancy dresses for that. We buy fancy dresses because we want to be miss this today and miss that tomorrow and misses this day after tomorrow and maybe even Mr. something day after that. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. We're very much into masculine and feminism. So you can't figure it out, go naked for a while. But as you said, like if we're going back to when you said, when you told us about that you were living like the kind of American dream with the perfect family and perfect house and all of this. And I think a lot of people are like, that's the, um, how can you say, like, their stage. Yeah, like the goal in life to become all of that. And you said that you felt like, that's one of kind of the roles that you put on what what would you say is the like like people strive to be able to put <laughs> like people strive to be able to put on that perfect dress that's the goal i think that's yeah, what you're trying exactly. to but then once you put it on you realize that no but this is not me like it happened to you when i mean when you put on a beautiful dress and it totally fits you I'm sorry to make it very graphic, but if you wear it for way too long, it becomes dirty and starts stinking. And at some point, it's time to take it off, mm-hmm. wash it, and you can put it back on. Mm-hmm. And my question in all of this is, what are you striving for today? If that was something that you maybe were striving to when you were younger? I didn't. It's The funny part is I've never, I was never striving for it. It just happened to me. It just came to uh, me. Yes, it came to me. I was very young when it did. I earned all of it so but it just happened i never mm-hmm. had an american dream in mind we just happened to build it with my uh, ex-husband it worked but i also knew if part of it was because everybody has it around you and you mm-hmm. kind of start going oh maybe it's the right thing i'm gonna mm-hmm. they're all going through buying these dresses maybe i'm gonna maybe i'm gonna buy this dress too because it looks good right and then exactly. i realized i don't even like mm-hmm. this type of fabric um i was very young um, and at that point I was making certain choices on my own, but some of them were not those choices. Let's put it this way. Um, and to me, it just wasn't me. I mean, bottom line, it was, I had a very nice life. It just wasn't my life. You get this feeling that I'm leaving somebody else's life. I'm looking at the mirror and this whole environment is somebody else's life. And confirmation of that was my experience that I've had. Yeah. That was the big waking wake up call for me big wake up call for me that I was meant to do something else I didn't know what and so I started like in onion to peel off everything that wasn't mine you know so house went uh, our relationship of that stage went away we split Uh, we put the house on the market Uh, our business we sold the house six months later we got back together but we sold the house our business uh, we had to close because uh, it went bankrupt Mm-hmm. Um, so 90 employees we had in summer by winter we closed the doors we've changed where we lived we had to change everything professionally mm-hmm. eventually I had to go through another two routes of professional mm-hmm. advancement to be able to go somewhere else after that fast forward I decided that I want to do academic uh, I don't want to be an academic but for what I was truly born to do um, I need to have academic backing so i decided to apply for phds it took me four times to do that uh in between i changed the country i got divorced i got another degree uh and millions of other experiences come with that mm. i am where i am today is it a perfect life no my american dream brought me more financial stability than i have now but i just started because when you change everything, I'm at the stage where I'm still in the beginning stage. Mm-hmm. I can't talk to you about how to make tons of money right now. I can talk to you about tons of experiences. Yeah. Making money is on uh, 
going through everything, exactly. making money is, uh, is where I am today, but it's part mm-hmm. of my goals. Mm-hmm. It's actually more of an objective, I think, at this point, mm-hmm. and it's just a process in the making. Mm-hmm. You, you have to make choices. Life is all about choices. Mm-hmm. The problem with American dream or goals where we get, first of all, there's always a, if you believe in life after life, I do. Mm-hmm. This is what happens. This is life after life. You get this dream and there's always, you go like, mm, it wasn't that good. That's reality. You're supposed to get on a mountain, right? We all climb the mountain, mm-hmm. whatever that goal is for you. You get on a mountain and the purpose of that mountain is really very singular. The purpose of that mountain is to see the next mountain. But to get to the next mountain, you have two options. You can either fly over to the next mountain if you have a helicopter and good for you, but you haven't learned the path. Maybe you've learned it before and now you can use the magic of helicopter, right? Because going before and after, you know, you go like, oh, I've learned this. Fine. I can either build a helicopter or somebody's going to send it to me. Or you go down and you go through the path. It's just that simple. If you don't get off the mountain yourself, somebody's going to kick you off the mountain by pure accident. So this is where I go, Fanny, it's amazing that you have all these planning tools because feel free to plan for your descent down to get to the mountain because it would be super helpful. It's not going to happen 100%, but at least you're going to be a little bit more ready. This is the advantage that you have when change doesn't happen to you, but you prepare for the change, which is a big part of change management. If you accept the change at all times, you're almost emotionally always prepared for it and uh, uh, subconsciously it's easier. That's why when uh, a person dies, if they die by, you know, by accident of some sort mm-hmm. versus uh, being uh, sick for a while mm-hmm. and although you have to go through this with them, it's easier for a human being most of the time than mm-hmm. when it just happens to you. Because for a while you've been preparing yourself one way or another that this is going to happen. You were preparing yourself for this change. Mm-hmm. And when a person just dies by accident, unfortunately, you haven't been preparing yourself. So uh, you need to go through all these stages, but very often happens to parents a lot, parents and children, you know, when we decide not to have a relationship and then God forbid uh, a parent dies. Mm -hmm. But guess what? You never were able to get your things out of the system, Mm -hmm. to tell them what you think, to accept them, to be able to complete things, to forgive them, to allow them to be part of your life. And so the moment they die, you still have to do all of this. But the question is, how are you going to do it? Are there techniques to do it? Absolutely. You go in a group therapy and it happens. We usually find somebody who is going to mm-hmm. come to you and you can, I can, you know, we find somebody who looks like it and we utilize him as a resource or you can use um, artistic expression like writing. It's usually how a lot mm-hmm. of paintings happen. Mm-hmm. You can use art therapy for that. Um, there is always a situation in life when you're ready to release some. You're either going to have a boyfriend or an older male uh, professor, boss, mm-hmm. whatever, where you're going to have the situation to be able to release. Mm-hmm. So if it doesn't happen with the person who it originated with, it's always going to happen with somebody else, if you're ready to release. Mm-hmm. But my take on this, why not do it with the original source? Because that's where it's the most meaningful, because it's a lesson for both of you. We come here to learn lessons, right? So you come with this person to learn this specific lesson. So if you are meant to learn it, you're going to learn it with somebody else anyway. Mm-hmm. But might as well do it with this specific person. So yes, look back at your past, come back to this person one way or another and express it to this person. That's mm-hmm. the most effective. It's the hardest too, most of the time. Mm-hmm. 
because that person might not be in the same state of mind as you and they might not be willing to accept it or ready but it's not about them it's about you getting it out of the system mm -hmm. it's a choice it's all about the choices life is about choice mm -hmm. about learning and making mm -hmm. mistakes it's about choices mm -hmm. what is a mistake it's something that didn't go the way you expected mm -hmm. or didn't go the way somebody else expected Well, you know, some of the best things that never happened, to, I mean, that were supposed to happen to you and didn't happen were actually the gifts. Mm -hmm. The business that we had with my ex-husband was uh, the fact that we filed a bankruptcy. We would think that it was a mistake, except it gave us a freedom, as we realized later, to do the things that we wanted to do, mm -hmm. to find another path, because we were very tied into this whole environment of building and whatever we were doing. And that gave us an opportunity to move forward. So you cruel in a way right I mean it was a very interesting jump but uh, it is what it is yeah. you should see the mistakes as an opportunity and not as mistakes there is no such thing as mistake it's an experience that did not give you an outcome you expected mm -hmm. how is it a mistake learn from it mm -hmm. get the best and try either do it again because there's still some learning mm -hmm. for you if you haven't learned do it again And the life will definitely give you a choice to do it again. You know those relationships that you keep going, mm -hmm. you have like the same type of the guy. <laughs> well, you have fiance, but maybe Natalie knows it. You know, you have the same type of the guy or yeah, the same yeah. type of, of girlfriend that keeps coming into your life. And you go yeah. like, really, why do I always get these chicks? Yeah. You know, and or, or uh, same kind of bosses. When yeah. you start working, you go like, every job I change, I get this one <laughs> boss who's always this personality, mm. who always does something. Because you haven't learned the lesson. The moment you do, It's gonna stop appearing mm. or it's gonna stop bugging you one of the two because maybe that person is meant for you for something else mm. besides this experience mm. right it's about choice but we all choose to run away from things we all choose mm. to say move on let's move on okay you can move on for now as long as they come back but that's a very subjective philosophy i'm not saying you should do any of this because it's hard to make choices that's where courage is needed From personal experience, I mean, yes, courage comes from pain. At some point, when you hit your head against the wall really hard, if you're not going to get it, you're going to hit it even harder. Mm -hmm. Maybe hard enough that you're going to die. Mm -hmm. What can I do if you don't get a message? Kind of like a message from above, right? What can I do if you don't get a message? Come back again. <laughs> you, just didn't, you just didn't pass this round. I'm sorry. <laughs> right? It's just a game. I mean, we think, oh, my God, we're dying. It's a... No, it's just a game. Well, you know, did you pass this round? No, okay, I'm sorry. Pass it again, pass it again, pass it again. I think you need a break. Come back up, come back down. Mm. That's it. Mm. So look at life a little bit simpler, then you start complicating, you stop complicating your own emotions. I'm not saying you don't feel them. You absolutely mm. do. But this is where, you know, how do I get out of depression? Well, try to separate it and then bring yourself back. Try separate and bring yourself back. It's a skill. You practice the skill with little things. Mm. Depression is an extreme. Mm -hmm. But if you practice it before that, maybe when you get into depression, it's going to get a little easier. Um, what would you say the meaning of life is? What is the meaning of life? The mm -hmm. life itself? I know I'm not original in this. Are you ever afraid of missing out on something? Not anymore. You used to. And that's why I changed everything. I really felt that I didn't feel my life. I didn't live my life. Mm. And now with all the complications that my life has today, 
I don't have that feeling. Mm-hmm. And it's the most peaceful uh, realization for me of my life. And what makes you the most happy today, like in your everyday life? It's when I do something and I have this vibration right here in my solar plexus that I know that it, it's just right. It's not that I'm doing it right. But when I feel this mm-hmm. vibration, I just know that I'm somewhere where I need to be. Mm-hmm. And it's very weird because sometimes externally it's a very difficult situation. But internally, I know this is exactly where I need to be. Mm-hmm. Part of my work, the way the way I do it, uh, I take my clients through a lot of deep journeys. I, and my preset when you come to me as a coaching client, for example, mm-hmm. I go that uh, I'm willing. It's okay to hate me. It's okay to love me. It's okay to feel any emotions you want to you want towards me. It doesn't change my state, but you need all of them. Mm-hmm. And I'm willing, and ready to go with you as far and as deep as you need to go. But it's your journey. Mm-hmm. And part of it is not pretty. Actually, most of it is not pretty. And most of the time, people go through a lot of hard issues and things and let it go, like mm-hmm. issues with fathers and issues mm-hmm. with uh, children on the other side, right? And a lot of things. And sometimes people don't even realize it themselves. But to me, it's not about the people. It's about this internal vibration inside of me that, that mm-hmm. I just know that I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. I've been searching for happiness for a very, very long time. And then, I don't know, it just kind of happened. It's a very peaceful feeling. And how do you define happiness? Is it only within yourself or is it, you know, some people... You know, it's interesting. I stopped defining it. I used to want to define... Now that you ask me this, I never thought about it. I stopped defining happiness. That's so interesting. Mm. How come? I don't know. Because it's just something that happens. It's a good question. Something Mm. for me to contemplate on tonight with a glass of (laughs) wine. I stopped defining me because it happened. Mm-hmm. Am I fully where I want to be with everything? No, absolutely not. But do you believe in that things are meant to be? Do you believe that like there's all of this is happening because of a reason? And absolutely. One day that's... Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I have a theory, and it's one of, one of my books that haven't been published yet. It's been written, but it's not published. Mm-hmm. I want to make a movie out of it. Wow. And I'm actually talking to somebody. Maybe we're going to film it in January and start oh, starting January. Wow. It's, uh, well, if you need any help. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we're, we're, I, I, uh, I mean, I write. I'm a writer. And, and uh, there was yeah, this story. you've written three books, right? I've written three. I have another three sitting at home that oh. I haven't published yet. Wow. And uh, um, I had this story. It's about my American life. And I had this story in my mind for a very long time. It's a crazy story. It's very deep, but it's mm-hmm. a crazy story. Um, not necessarily it's a fiction many I treat it as fiction uh, it's certain things kind of came about mm-hmm. a lot of it is the contemplation so I don't attach myself to the story mm-hmm. um, to me it's fiction um, but um, I wanted to get the story out of the way and it is about the romantic mm-hmm. search and it is about the, how things are supposed to happen or not happen and it's about kind of looking back of why things happen mm-hmm. for a reason and I have this theory that this is my third life. You know, my first one was back in Ukraine from zero to 15 mm-hmm. when I was just growing up. And that never felt like home, but I was a kid, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, with parents and everything. So my family, but in that sense, you know, I have a good mm-hmm. relationship with parents. Everything is fine. Um, and then when I was 15, they brought me to the United States. And so I had my second life in the United States for 18 years. So I, f- I joke that Barcelona is my third life year one. Because mm-hmm. last year I was telling everybody it was year one and then I realized it was year zero. 
it's like a baby right it's still mm-hmm. teething now i'm learning now i've learned to walk i'm learning to mm-hmm. run and communicate and not to hit my head against the wall mm-hmm. but um i also with that whenever i leave every time like i go back my thoughts and everything in the united states or i went back to visit mm-hmm. i always had this feeling that i needed to catch up with myself like i was missing out on something i was missing out on something i was missing out on something mm-hmm. and i in barcelona i don't have that feeling i feel like I, once I publish all these books that are sitting in my closet, mm-hmm. uh, I finally caught up with myself. Mm-hmm. And I also joke with myself, the first 33 years was like negative 33 to a zero. I got to a zero point, And now I'm really starting to live my life. Everything that I lived before mm-hmm. that wasn't my life. Mm-hmm. Why did I have to live it or not? I have my own theories, but that's part of the story. Um, but I started zero. Everything there. And that's why I didn't feel like it was my life. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank, you. thank you so much. It's, uh, <laughs> so it's so interesting. No, it's, this has been here. like one of the most interesting hours in my life, I think. Yeah. And thank you for that because you are like you're an amazing person. And I think and we both have so many yeah. nästa vecka så hittar ni oss på Instagram under namnet Women in Business Podcast där ni kan likea, kommentera och dela våra posts. Vi uppdaterar där dagligen med en stor dos av inspiration. Fråga gärna frågor som ni har via vår Instagram eller så kan ni mejla oss på larsanenskoglund.gmail.com Så tar vi gärna med era frågor kanske i kommande avsnitt eller så tar vi också emot förslag på gäster till podcasten. Eller om det är någon av er där ute kanske som känner att ni har en inspirerande historia att berätta. Tills dess så önskar vi er en fantastisk vecka med massa framgång. Ha det så bra!